can't say for sure. My seven-year-old brain must have had some inkling of the metaphorical power of the moment. Here was my elderly grandmother performing mental feats I would never be capable of. I must have been aware that I would lose her soon, but surely I did not imagine her razor-sharp mind ever failing her, not until the very end. Perhaps it was my first poetic insight. My Grammy was the wonderful one-horse Shay. Then there was my dad. Grammy must have passed on her poetry-loving genes to my father, for he devoted half of his professional life to producing Shakespeare's plays in a succession of theater festivals in Ohio. As a result, my own childhood was awash in Elizabethan verse, and although my dad poured most of his energy into rehearsals and performances, we usually had him to ourselves at bedtime. He would read aloud to us from either the funny papers, from a fat collection of stories called Tellers of Tales, from Kipling's The Jungle Book, or best of all, from a series of bright orange volumes for kids called Childcraft. One of the Childcraft books was a collection of poems. It mostly featured loopy verse by doggerel poets such as Edward Lear and Lewis Carroll. None of the poems was especially complex or challenging, but we would request them over and over again. I can still rattle off several lines from memory. Once there was an elephant who tried to use the telephant. No, no, I mean an elephone who tried to use the telephone. Or my favorite, I never saw a purple cow, I never hoped to see one. But I can tell you anyhow I'd rather see than be one. I remember my father's exact inflections, his husky smell, the scratchy wool of our burnt orange couch. My father was a genial man, but slightly abstracted. He lived his life with his head halfway in the clouds. But when I and my sibs cuddled up to him and listened to those poems, we were never closer. Those bedtime hours primed me for all the poetry I encountered later on in high school and college English classes. Nonsense verses gave way to the metaphysical poets, the cavalier poets, the romantic poets. Instead of telephants and purple cows, I discovered Dunn, Herrick, Coleridge, Poe. I embraced these poets with a swoony, youthful exuberance. I felt as if they were speaking directly to me from centuries past. I remember declaiming Walt Whitman to my first girlfriend, pronouncing Marvel's To His Coy Mistress the perfect poem memorizing Keats' Ode to Autumn on a golden fall day in New England. As a student actor, I appeared in plays by T.S. Eliot, Dylan Thomas, and William Butler Yeats, drunk with the power of their words. None of this made me an authority on poetry, nor even much of a scholar, but it made me a poetry lover, a lifelong seeker of poetic experience, whether reading, reciting, or listening to great poems. I once witnessed firsthand just how intense the experience of poetry can be. The story bears repeating because it partly inspired this book. Ten years ago, a married couple asked me to host a benefit for a nonprofit organization they had founded in a town 80 miles from my home. The request came at a time when I was busy and overextended, so I hesitated. But when my wife told me that these people were good friends of hers, I accepted their invitation. A few days later, the couple called again, asking me to recite some poems during the benefit. 
They said they would choose them for me. Once again, I dutifully agreed. When the evening arrived, I quickly skimmed the poems they had chosen before setting off with my wife. The fundraiser was for an organization that fostered creative approaches to educating autistic children. Every single person at the event was the parent of at least one autistic child. The couple themselves had had three, one of whom had died young. Considering these poignant facts, the atmosphere at the banquet was amazingly light-hearted and festive. Everyone was cheerful and energized, none more so than my two new friends. After dinner, I launched into my recitation. The couple had selected a dozen poems. As I read them, I began to realize why each poem had been chosen. Each had something to say about the plight of the parents in the audience and the struggles of their children. The first few were...